things happen in life with families. They can, things can get difficult. Words get said. Emotions get strained. Feelings get hurt. Expectations maybe aren't quite met. Blame gets assigned, leaving painful wounds that don't quite heal properly. Uh, and, and that happens. I mean, we need to acknowledge that. It, it, life happens sometimes. If we're not careful, relationships, maybe especially in our families, relationships... Uh, can, can be strained. Relationships that were meant to be uh, beautiful and lovely can be bruised and that can uh, lead to brokenness and sometimes it seems like those things can't ever be brought back to health. Maybe you caught on through that video that it wasn't just about uh, uh, an earthly dad going to visit his kids at Christmas, but it's, uh, um, it's a, a picture of, uh, of what God has done for us. The strain when we wanted our freedom, when humanity said, I want my freedom, and God says, I'm going to come to you. Uh, he stepped out of heaven. Uh, I don't think Jesus came in a, in a sport utility vehicle, but uh, uh, he stepped out of heaven and came to us to bridge the gap that had been created by our sin. It was, it was a gift. We've been walking through the gifts of Christmas, some of the gifts of Christmas throughout this season, and uh, this is the gift of, as you see it up there, the gift of reconciliation. Now that is a great church word for the Sunday after. I mean, that's like 17 syllables, right? Reconciliation. Um, If you think about it, Christmas is all about reconciliation. Uh, You know, peace on earth, goodwill toward men and all of that. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown, right? Yeah, this is, uh, this, it's about reconciliation. If you look in any history book, uh, the majority of things that you'll read about have to do with conflict, right? There's, uh, uh, during the past uh, 5,500 years or so, there have been close to 15,000 wars that we know about. Currently in the world, uh, and the number is changing all the time, I guess, but there are uh, close to 30 armed conflicts going on right now. There's conflict between races and between nationalities and between language groups and religious groups and political parties and socioeconomic classes. There's conflict in marriages and in families and in offices and in neighborhoods and in schools and in Little League and between church members, heaven forbid. We don't seem to be very good at this thing called peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And that's why Jesus, or God sent Jesus to bring peace, to reconcile us to God and to each other. Rick Warren uh, has, a, has a quote. I think it's in, you know, on the back of your bulletin. It's also up here on the Jumbotron. And uh, that is, there will never be peace, on, uh, peace in the world until there's peace in the nations. There will never be peace in the nations until there's peace in communities. There will never be peace in communities until there's peace in families. There will never be peace in families until there's peace in individuals. There will never be peace in individuals until we invite Jesus, the Prince of Peace, to reign in our hearts. So when I'm talking about peace, we could really go in a lot of different directions, uh, and actually I'd like to talk about three different kinds of peace or reconciliation this morning as we think about this gift of Christmas. And first is peace with God, spiritual peace. Uh, Jesus came to provide spiritual peace, peace with God. 
There's a question that, that I think a, a lot of people ask, that you ask someone uh, on their deathbed, or you ask uh, uh, the loved one of someone uh, who, has, who has passed away or is, is, uh, seems to be on their deathbed. You ask them, have you made your peace with God, right? Or did they make their peace with God? And the answer to that question can vary depending on the beliefs of, uh, of the person uh, and what they think peace with God means. Many times people think that as long as they've lived a decent life, uh, then they can be at peace with God. Scripture uh, says it works a little bit differently than that. You can't just live a, a, a decent enough life in order to earn reconciliation with God. What we need is forgiveness, right? And forgiveness is a gift, that is given to us. The truth is that when we live with unconfessed sin in our lives, we are literally at war with God. And God and sin are enemies, and so when you and I sin, we are in conflict with God, and so we need a peace treaty. We need a way to be reconciled with God, and Jesus is the way to peace with God. 2 Corinthians 5.18, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself. How did he do that? Through Christ, through Jesus. Romans 5.1, now that we have been made right with God or reconciled with God through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus came to bring us peace with God. We don't uh, have peace with God by promising to be good. We don't have peace with God by living a perfect life. We don't have peace with God by justifying what we've done and blaming other people for our bad behavior. Uh, we, don't, uh, we, we don't do any of those things. The way that we have peace with God, the Bible says, is by faith, faith in God and his gift of Jesus. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ extended by God through his love for us. We accept the gift that has been given. Now, I don't know what you all got for Christmas. Some of you probably got some awesome things. I don't know if anybody had a big bow on a big vehicle out front when you walked out on Christmas morning or not. Uh, but if I gave you a gift for Christmas, I'm not saying I'm going to. I mean, Christmas has passed. I guess I've got a few days to figure that out. But if I gave you a gift at Christmas and you never opened it, it just left it under the tree, it would tell me a couple of things, right? It would tell me that you didn't care much about our relationship and that you thought that that gift wasn't really worth much and you didn't really need it, right? The, the, uh, uh, the, in, and in essence, that gift would be worthless because you never opened it and you never used it. In, in effect, you never accepted it. Uh, you, you, didn't, you didn't take it as, as, uh, as it was given. And so it was worthless because you had never opened it. A uh, woman named Elizabeth Barrett married the famous poet Robert Browning years and years ago. Her parents disapproved of this relationship and they disowned her. She and her husband settled far from home in Florence, Italy. And Elizabeth loved her parents and wanted to be reunited with them. And so she, uh, she wrote letters. Perhaps you recognize there, Elizabeth Barrett Browning, uh, her letters were very poetic, right? She was a poet just like her, her husband. And, uh, and so several times a month, she would write these expressive letters, just poetic, uh, beautiful letters, seeking reconciliation with her, with her mother and father. After 10 years without any response, finally she received a package from her parents. And she was overjoyed, and she was, she was uh, elated, and she tore into that package, and yet... 
When she opened it, she found all of her letters returned back to her unopened. Some, these letters have since been opened and they are part of uh, history. They've been called, quote, some of the most beautiful and expressive in all English literature. But her parents never even opened them. God has offered us the gift of reconciliation with him, but we have to receive it, right? We have to open it. We have to accept it. And we do that through faith, by believing in Jesus, the, uh, the, not only the giver of the gift, he is the gift, the gift of reconciliation. Jesus came to bring peace with God, spiritual peace. Jesus also came to bring the peace of God, I guess we could call this emotional peace. Once you make your peace with God, uh, I believe it's the very next step that you will begin to experience the peace of God. In that uh, Charlie Brown movie, Charlie uh, was having a bad Christmas, right? You've seen it. And uh, he's seeking help for his anxiety at Christmas time. And he, so he goes to Lucy, the professional, right? The self-made psychiatrist. Uh, uh, and um, after he puts his quarter in, then she's going through all the phobias that she thinks he might have, and he's not sure, and maybe it's this, and maybe it's that. And finally she says, pantophobia. Do you have pantophobia? And of course he says, the fear of everything. That's it, right? Yeah, that's exactly what he says. Pantophobia, the fear of everything. I don't know uh, if you can relate to old Charlie Brown today or not. Statistics say that... uh, over 18% of Americans struggle with some form of an anxiety disorder. Uh, some professionals think that because so many of those uh, cases go unreported, that number could be double that. But at least one in five, if not two in five, uh, uh, or about 40 million Americans uh, suffer with some type of anxiety disorder. Whether it's diagnosable or not, I think probably all of us have worried before. And some of us do it consistently. Maybe that's why one of the most repeated encouragements in the Bible is some variation of the phrase, don't be afraid. Right? Do not be afraid. Uh, it's, it's all over the Christmas story. Those angels come. Well, of course, I mean, if you got a big glowing guy coming at you, you're probably going to be a little scared anyway. Uh, and so their first thing out of their mouth, they're... they're uh, 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 Coming to uh, Joseph or coming to Mary or coming to the, uh, the shepherds. Don't be afraid. Uh, some have counted up uh, and they say there's, there's uh, 365 times in Scripture. I haven't counted. I'm taking their word for it. Uh, three, 365 times in Scripture where it says don't be afraid. And of course then uh, we, you know, we can spiritualize that to say one for every day. There's, there's, uh, uh, I think God knows that we struggle with worry and anxiety. And so scripture is full of encouragements for us to not do that. But it, I mean, is it that simple? Okay, I just won't. Don't worry, okay. Um, it seems a little bit more complex than that. Um, and I want to acknowledge today that, uh, that there are many times when anxiety and other mental health issues should be addressed by medical and psychological professionals. And at times I think the church has dealt with uh, mental health issues by saying, well, you need to pray more. And if you just pray more, then you'll be better. And I'm not saying that praying more do, uh, is, is, uh, is not significant 
but I'm saying that there are other uh, things that God uses through, uh, through, uh, through some of those professionals to help as well, in addition to prayer. Uh, that being said, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not building a little thing with uh, the psychiatrist is in and you don't have to give a nickel. Maybe you gave a little more today, and that's okay. Uh, but you're not giving it to me, you're giving it to him. Uh, but I'm not a psychologist, I'm a pastor. So I'm coming at this from a pastoral uh, perspective, from a pastor's heart. I don't know the issues of uh, medical science and, and those guys. I read about it and I'm and I, uh, learning more and more about the brain and how it works and all those things. And, and it's, it's fascinating to me and it's complex and all of those things. As I read God's word, um, I think there are times when we have lived with fear and anxiety for so long that we just think it's normal. And it doesn't have to be normal. I mean, what if we could live a life of victory over worry and fear and anxiety? Philippians 4, uh, 6 and 7 says, it's one of those places where it says, do not fear, do not worry. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Just a question, do you pray as much as you worry? You don't have to answer out loud, but it's probably worth evaluating in your spiritual life. My favorite quote about worry comes from Oswald Chambers, uh, and he says that all fretting and worry, worrying is simply calculating without God. What's going to happen here? Oh, well, wait, if I believe that God was who he says he was, then I don't have to worry about what's going to happen here. Worry doesn't change anything, but prayer changes everything. Jesus came to bring not just peace with God, but the peace of God in our lives. As we experience God and his presence, we begin to change. We worry less, we trust more, we become more loving and patient and kind. The peace of God changes us. I, um, I remember, I mean, I've, I've experienced this um, Specifically, one one time when I when I when this was very close to me was uh, was about six. It's over six years ago now, I guess. When when I was walking through the difficult season when my father was uh, got sick and then and then passed away, he'd had uh, surgery and everything was supposed to be better, but he wasn't bouncing back like they thought he should. And then they discovered that the cancer had spread everywhere and there weren't any treatment options. And less than two months after surgery, he was gone. And I can remember stress-filled, grief-filled days at the hospital and then at the nursing home and then the hospice facility as things progressed and got worse and worse. And, and I mean, nothing prepares you for that, really, except, except it kind of had. I mean, I distinctly remember at one point uh, in the midst of all that, in the midst of all the stress, and I'm not saying that it was simple and easy or anything. It was, it was stressful and it was, uh, I mean, it was, it, it, you're walking through all that and facing new things every day. But I, can, I distinctly remember coming to the realization that there was this, I don't know, this strange... I don't know, inner peace, I guess. I don't have, know how to describe it. Uh, this, this thing down deep in my soul, I guess, that I, that I couldn't quite explain. I really can't quite explain it still. Um, maybe it transcends all understanding. Um, and it was guarding my heart and my... I mean, I, I literally remember saying, whoa, hey, that works. I mean, it's there. It's real. It, it's there. 
And I know that I'm, you know, a professional Christian, so I'm supposed to not, like, be surprised by that, right? But, uh, but, but, but I remember walking through that going, I've probably never been tested in my, uh, in my stress before, to this level before, and God is there. And the peace that passes all understanding is guarding my heart and my mind, even as I face these difficult days. It was a huge confirmation of this truth that Jesus, the Prince of Peace, brings not only peace with God, but the peace of God to settle down in our hearts. I'm not saying that's just as simple as pray more. But I'm saying that as we are living out a day-in, day-out relationship with God, and also using all the resources around us, <laughs> but God has sent us through his son Jesus. He's stepped from heaven to us, not only to bridge the gap between us and God, but also to bring that peace to settle down upon us, the peace of God. Peace with God, peace of God, and Jesus also came to bring peace with each other, right? The relational peace. Romans 12, 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Except Uncle Carl, because he's kind of, you know, says that, right? Romans 8, no. Some of you are just coming off the, you know, you're, you're on the other side of the Uncle Carl visit, and it's been rough, right? Hang in there. But God, by stepping out of heaven uh, and initiating reconciliation, has made it possible for you to live at peace with others, to be reconciled in your relationships. Again, going back to 2 Corinthians 4, uh, beginning in verse 18, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We have a ministry and a message, and this says that that ministry and message is reconciliation. Peace. When Jesus comes into our lives, one of the first areas where we'll see a difference, I think, is in our relationships. Uh, the, the secret to being an ambassador of reconciliation, I think, is to let Jesus do it through us. Because these things are, are impossible until we've accepted his love and his forgiveness in our lives first. And, and, and until we're experiencing the, the peace of God in our lives, only then can we extend fully that love and forgiveness to other people. Until we know in our own hearts that we've truly forgiven, we can't truly forgive. Until we've, we've, uh, we've been truly forgiven, we can't truly forgive. I think that reconciliation, peace, is a huge, uh, huge need in our world today. There's conflict everywhere, as we've said. Nations, people, families, communities, conflict all over the place. And so reconciliation is the message of Christmas. Peace on earth, goodwill Toward men. So maybe, uh, you know, we, we need to think about the, the takeaway for you might be to, uh, uh, to think about that broken relationship that needs to be rebuilt. And maybe as a name or a face comes to mind, uh, you immediately get defensive and you say, Well, I can't do that. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know the situation. I can't do that. And you're right, uh, I don't know the situation. And you're right, you probably can't. That's why it took Jesus to bring peace on earth, goodwill toward men. 
Jesus had to come in order to usher in the possibility of reconciliation. So this Christmas season could be about relationships in your life that that have uh, lingering wounds that need to be healed and made whole. It might not happen all at once, but what if you took a step? What if you, uh, just as we saw in that video, that father uh, initiated the possibility and that first step led to a second and then to a third? Maybe all that God desires to happen during this season for you is that you take the initiative to offer that gift of love and it might lead to reconciliation. Reconciliation is one of the gifts of Christmas. It's possible to have peace with God, spiritual peace. Jesus came to bring that. It's possible to have the peace of God, emotional peace. Jesus came to bring that. It's possible to have relational peace, peace with each other. Jesus came to bring that too. So wherever you find yourself today, your takeaway is to step into that peace, to desire that peace. Maybe there's conflict and struggle in your life, in your family, in your relationships, or maybe in your soul. Jesus' desire is, to have, is, to, is that you would experience his peace because one of the gifts that he brings is the gift of reconciliation. Lord, I pray that, uh, that you would speak to us today as you've already been doing. I pray that if there are uh, conflicts that need to be addressed in our lives that you would do that, that you would help us to quiet our hearts long enough to hear your spirit uh, nudge us in the right direction, that we could have peace in our soul, peace with you, that we could have uh, peace in our emotions and that you would, you would enable us to not fear. And Lord, if there are folks in our lives where we're in conflict in those relationships, Lord, I pray that you would lead us one step at a time, to initiate peace and reconciliation in those relationships. Lord, we thank you for this time that we have with you and with your church, with each other. I pray that uh, that as we go from here, we would go knowing that you don't stay here in this building, but that you go living within us and going before us and leading us in the ways that we should go. Lord, we love you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.